Welcome back, Business Casual listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. First, I just want to shout out Senate Cleaning, www.senatecleaning.com. It is the office cleaning company that is most trusted in Northern Virginia and Southern Maryland and Washington, D.C. We clean office spaces and we clean commercial residential meaning we clean the buildings of apartment complexes, not the actual inside of the apartment complex. So if you are in need or if uh, a friend or a family or your job that you work at needs office cleaning, please don't forget to support your local company. Now, today, my topic came from once again from a fast I've been on a pretty long fast I'm still on it but I was given a revelation in the middle of it where God wanted me to repent from a lie that I had told my wife in our courtship like when I was like 18 or 19 years old and um It's so funny how he revealed it to me because I had completely forgot about this lie. And before I went to sleep that night, my wife had reminded me that she still remembered that conversation and she was still under the the the, um, thought pattern that what happened was was true. And. It was true in a sense, but it was exaggerated to the point where it was a lie. And the awareness that God gave me about the spirit was don't get weary in doing good works. And that's exactly what I had done. Um, I was raised in the hood, but my mother and she was very instrumental in keeping us in the church all the time. Like Sunday was three services. Then we would go uh, during the week, maybe once, twice during the week on Saturdays, we was always doing something with the church. So I was always heavily, heavily involved in the church and growing up, I never really switched schools. So elementary school, when I started elementary school from kindergarten to sixth grade, I went with all of the same people. Middle school, all of the same people from elementary school basically went to the middle school. Um, I never transferred or left high school from high school. I went all all four years with everybody. There was still a ton of people who went to school with me from elementary, middle school, all the way through high school. So I definitely had a represent a reputation, a reputate, a reputation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My tongue tied. I had a reputation of being a very, very Christian, good kid. Like I won most quietest in high school, even though I'm not really that quiet once you get to know me. But I don't really open up to random people. I, I really need to bang with you hard. If I'm going to spill my guts, you feel me? 
And um, one of the things that I realized that God was showing me where this lie even originated from was growing up because I had such that goody two shoes, you know, he, his family, man, he always in church. Don't ask him to come to a party because they ain't going to be able to go. The mama going to chaperone all of the field trips just to make sure ain't nothing going on. And, you know, so certain girls like the girls that I like growing up, I never really got much play because it was like, no, you know, we not into the same thing. I literally had a girl in high school when I told her that I liked her tell me what in the world is your problem you should not want to date me like you're too good to deal with me and I that messed me up for a while and I was just like really like that's like how you feel and she was like yeah like we come from two different sides of the track like you got both your parents y'all doing well you know what I'm saying like you live around us but obviously there's something different about you And me not realizing that it was the Holy Ghost. It was the spirit. God was protecting me from a lot of the things that were going on in my neighborhood. But as a man, a lot of our motivation is for women, you know, especially when we're young and we don't really have an idea of exactly what we want to do with our lives. We see the the girls and they go for a certain type of dude when they're young. You know what I'm saying? Like the ones that's with everything, you know what I'm saying? Skipping school. Like I don't even think I started skipping school until 12th grade, like legitimately like 12th grade. I missed a couple of days of school and thought, Oh my goodness. Like this is crazy. But nonetheless, a lot of the, female attention wasn't going to good kids like me who had like uh, summer jobs. Like I had a summer job um, in 11th, 12th grade where I worked for Metro during the summer through this like little abridged program where they get you experience at Metro so you can learn skills or whatever and get like really nice jobs after and we were making like 14 15 dollars an hour at like 15 16 years old you know what i'm saying and i remember having a lot of cash saved up when it was time for me to go into college and during college i kind of got a reputation of you know having nice clothes and doing this and doing that and It was nice. It was cool. But there was always this desire to have like an edge about me because there were some dudes who didn't have nothing like that. They didn't have any work ethic. They they were scammers. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them stole. Uh, I mean, some of them were from bad circumstances, but it was a lot of people that were well off that was just doing stupid stuff just to have that edge about them so girls would be like ooh I like him it's a little spice it's a little danger fooling with him but with me it was just so 
rudimentary. You know, everything was taken care of. You go out on a date with me. You ain't got to worry about catching the bill. Um, You got nice gifts on your birthday and this, that, and the third. But it was seen as very, very safe, very um, unattractive to the type of girl that I like. And honestly, in hindsight, it kind of tells me that I was going after the wrong women. Like, there were a bunch of chicks that was into me. But they was getting hardly no play because I wanted the fast looking girls. You know what I'm saying? The, um, you know, the girls that was really playing up their beauty instead of, you know, working hard on their grades and having a strategic plan for their life and um, leaving the parties alone to sacrifice so they can become great prospects for marriage later on in life, just like I was doing. But it's something about the devil that makes the grass look so much greener on the other side. And I remember when I met my wife, she was from um, a broken family. Like her mother and father had split up and she was living with her mom. And, um, they weren't really that hard up on money. Like they didn't like she didn't like the one thing that I loved about her was that she never even seemed to care that I had more money at that age than normal. You know, like most college kids are like struggling. Like I don't even have any college school debt, nothing like I paid for a lot of my classes right out of my pocket, just working. You know what I'm saying? And having my mother help me find scholarships and things of that nature. So I got I came out of school debt free. But um, she was from a different situation. Like and what I loved about her was that she made going to the to the thrift store fun. You know what I'm saying? Like she she worked at Urban Urban Outfitters and she wasn't shy about you know, I'm going to get this and use my, my, my discount and this, that, and the third. And for some reason, I still had that insecurity looming from all of those years where I thought like, ah, you know, things going good with her, but maybe I'd need a little edge to keep her on her toes. And, um, one night I just remember telling her about having sold drugs and of course we all well not all of us but in the neighborhood I grew up in you know we sold a little weed here and there like wasn't like I'm out here pushing keys but um that turned into me like because she was asking questions about the drug game and she's a very church church girl too she was raised in the church um, she went a lot, you know, part of a bunch of the youth programs at First Baptist Glenard in our church now. And um, she was intrigued and it kind of was working. And she was just like, you know, I hope you're not doing that now. Because she was just like, you know, where are you getting all of this money? And instead of me saying, you know, I'm working dumb hard, like she knew I had a job. But even having a job like 
it was like still more money because my hustle for working was just through the roof. So it was like Gucci, Prada. And then I like to wear my 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 money, you know, a lot more when I was a kid, like just wanting to have that that dope dealer swag. Um, a lot of us get caught up into just because that swag, the Sabiato, the the Gucci shoes, the Pradas was real heavy back in the day. Like those type of individuals were the ones that was snagging the girls easy. And during this time, clearly I wasn't really in the Bible like I used to be before I got out of college. And I was out in the world, you know what I'm saying? Like becoming a player, you know, it was a lot of women real fast, real easy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's college. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. You know what I'm saying? But it was something different about her. And I just remember her telling me like, you know, I like you. Like, I don't really care about all of the other stuff. And to me, that seemed like a line. It was like, yo, is this a line? Like, is she running game on me as well? But like, over time, after you caught somebody for long enough, you really do realize, like, yo, they real broke. You know, they, they like money. She's not used to money. Like me taking her to these nice restaurants and going out. Like, she's cool. She's in, she enjoys it, but she's not necessarily impressed with it because when she goes home, she knows what she goes home to. You feel me? Like, she was sleeping on couches. Like, she didn't even have a bed at her place. You know, like, rough. And I never had to live like that. I always had a bed. You feel me? Like, my parents took care of me. And so here I am trying to have this bad boy edge. And she's like, you know, what are you doing to get your money? And then I'm like, from from me selling some, some weed, it turned into me transporting keys. And just it just had got out of control. Like, I was reliving my best uh, wire impersonation. <laughs> and, like, I just, I really think about those times when I'm just like, what? what an insecure place to be where I really wanted to be a bad boy. Like, for what? You know what I'm saying? Like, what was it going to profit me being a bad boy? And so I just remember her like, you know, I really don't want you doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, why risk your life? You're smart. You're intelligent. You're this, you're that. You got a lot going for you. Like, what would be your reason? You know what I'm saying? Just for some fast money, like you're going to get money. It's obvious. You know what I'm saying? So why even resort to those tactics? And at that time, I didn't have the spiritual awareness of like just coming clean and like, you know, I exaggerated. It was weed. I wasn't even selling no Coke or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, like just exaggerating, taking stuff to the limits, you know what I'm saying? Like, and when I went to bed, like I'm fast forwarding a little bit now. So I'm on this fast and I'm not getting what 
I usually get from God when I go on a fast. Like he usually answers me pretty quick and three days, four days is over. You know what I'm saying? And I went three days on a on an entertainment fast and I didn't get the answer. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go on a on a food fast. So five days into the food fast, she brings up like because we was in there watching Top Boy on Netflix. And she was like saying this and that about like the drug life and everything. And she was like, how did you feel when you were doing that? And this, that and the third. And unconsciously, I had realized that that lie had become a part of our natural, my natural story with my wife. And like, I, I still at a grown, at a grown age, still had enough insecurity in me to not come clean. And I'm just like, well, yeah, it was like this and it was like that. And then when I went to sleep that night, God dealt with me in a dream. And he was like, you want to know the reason you're not getting your answer? Because they're sending the camp. They're sending the camp. And you know what I did back in the Old Testament when they were sending the camp. And in the Old Testament, when they were sending the camp, they completely eradicated it all. Not only did they kill you, they killed everybody that was associated with you. Your your family, um, daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, father, everybody in your whole camp was killed because of your sin. And God was just dealing with me like, look, you live in a different time. You live under a different covenant. You got Jesus. Like he has paved the way for all of this. So then the next morning, like it was burning in me to just tell her the truth. And I leaned over that morning and I was just like, you know, cause God woke me up like mad early, like four or five o'clock in the morning. And I'm just praying, repenting for lying and never coming clean. So then I'm talking to my wife and she's just like, none of that ever mattered. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew you had a good heart. Like I cared about that more, you know, like I'm glad, like, and I realized that the lie was more detrimental to me than it was her. Like she didn't need this bad boy and this, that, and the third. Like she came from even tougher hoods than me, like C Pleasant. And she lived in Capitol Heights when I met her. And so she has seen the pitfalls and the downfalls of the fast money. So what she liked about me was that I had a head on my shoulders, you know what I'm saying? And like the insecurity that I felt growing up being a goody two shoes she kind of loved that part about me. Like, cause she was the goody two shoes. She wasn't the fast in the pants girl. Um, until like college, you know what I'm saying? Like me, like when we got under, when we got away from the covering of God, you know what I'm saying? Like when we weren't going to church every day, cause our parents was dragging us to church every day, you know, then the weapons that were formed against us had, time to blossom because those were 30 year wounds from not being able to get the girlfriend that I liked. You know what I'm saying? 30 year wound. No, at that point, 19 year wounds of not getting the girls that I like, not getting the attention from the chicks 
because they like, yo, you, you too, you too straight laced. You know what I'm saying? Like you won't even skip school. You won't, you know, you really trying to become something with your life. Like I don't need that. I need some drama in my life. And it really messed me up to think like, yo, I'm 30 and things that I did at 19, 18 lies that I did at 18, 19 were still a part of my story and still dictating to me some part of my relationship with my wife. And God just like when he removed that, it was like he lifted a weight off of my shoulders. Like and what I want to tell the dudes that's really living for God, that's really trying to get this stuff right. The people who aren't accepting you for your real story, they're not meant to be in your life. If you feel like you have to lie to be a part of a group or to feel cool, you're damaging yourself and you're tainting the narrative of the story that God is trying to write in your life. And even for me, like my story had been tainted for over close to 20 something years with my wife, you know, 20 something years of trying to live up to this ideal that I created falsely. And it just tore me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I gave thanks to God and praised him for releasing me from that demon that was trying to control me and wanted to shame me for being so insecure because I'm a very self-righteous person. And that's a terrible thing. Like when you think you're better than people and when you think, you know, uh, like God has to check me for my self-righteousness often. Um, Even when I had got away from God during college, like one of the things that a lot of my cousins was dealing with me was like, oh, you so conceited. You love stunting on niggas. Like, you love it. Like, and it was just that that rap music I was listening to. It was like that that need or want to be the man. And it's like when God starts dealing with you, you realize you're just a man. You're not God. Stop trying to be God. And I know Travis Scott got a song, but I'm sure it ain't right. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is the glory needs to go to God in your story. And that time with my wife where I could have just been honest with her, like, look, I'm just a hardworking dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to work and I'm saving my bread and I'm stacking it and I'm getting whatever I want because I'm disciplined. And I realized that that false narrative created an unrealistic idea of money in my wife's mind. She believed that a lot of our wealth that we were building together was coming from pushing weight when it was really me sacrificing a lot to save up money to buy things that looked like wealth. Clearly, I'm old enough to know now that just because you rock a Canada goose and it's 900, a lot of people who rock in Canada gooses don't got $900 worth of cash in their bank account for real. You know what I'm saying? Like they're wearing their 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 riches and their wealth in clothes form. 
And the validation from people means more to them than actually having a savings, actually having uh, a security fund that if anything goes wrong, they got an emergency fund stored up to where they could take care of something. They got live investments like 401ks and IRAs and Roth IRAs and simple IRAs and just all of these different investment uh, tools to grow their money. But to the wrong woman, that sounds corny. Like, oh, you got you got money on paper, but how much cash can you just pull out right now? And it's like a lot of those people that can pull out a lot of cash like drug dealers right now. One day their spot is going to get taken and the meek shall inherit the earth. Like that's what that really means. Like those who store up riches and wealth wrong are storing it up for the Christians and the saints that God has ordained for the last days because a lot of these people die young in those lives. A lot of those people have all of that cash and all of that money taken away when they go to jail. But you having a, a 401k and investment portfolios and, you know, IRAs and different money market accounts and things of that nature, that's legal money. That's hard-earned money. That's that's money that your wife can 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 take and not have to worry about laundering after you did because she don't have any income and they like, well, where is she getting all this money? But if it's done right on paper, you, you can account for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, don't be so hasty to be that brother that has insurance on him. You know what I'm saying? That pays his insurance that has life insurance, has regular insurance, has car insurance, has all of these things on paper that seem corny and square to a lot of people. But to live in the real world, to be an upstanding citizen means more than to live this false narrative that is going to attract women that aren't even worth inheriting your wealth, your wealth. And when I confessed to my wife, I really realized like I made the right decision by marrying this woman. I made the right decision by getting with a woman who wouldn't want to be with some low down person who just don't care about the lives that they're affecting by pushing drugs to the community. They don't want to be with somebody that's stealing and robbing and could end up in jail and leaving their family to fend for themselves while they in the clink. And that's noble. You know, that's the type of woman you want. And that false narrative that you're creating about yourself, women and men alike, whatever your false narrative might be, understand that the women that you're attracting from lying is going to be your downfall in the end. So I just want to pray over everybody who is dealing with this spirit of of lying, of exaggerating, this spirit of insecurity. And 
I just want to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today first thanking you and giving you praise for who you are. Thanking you, Lord, to have this platform to speak into the lives of the young, of the old, of anybody who needs to hear the message that Jesus is real, that his forgiving power is real, that there's no condemnation in living for God. Father, I pray, Lord God, Jesus, that any dark entity and sin that's trying to attach itself through insecurity, through a lying tongue. Father, I pray that it is snatched out. I pray that it is not allowed to enter back into that vessel, that spirit. And I pray, Father, that you chain it and yank it back to the depths of hell and catch it on fire, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, for the minds that are so polluted by the imagery and the marketing and the and the and Hollywood that wants to pollute and destroy and just defile the minds of my people, Lord God Jesus. Father, I pray against those those wicked images, Lord God Jesus, that swirl around in man's mind that makes them want to be a part of the underworld the drugs, the violence, the strip clubs, the porn addictions, all of these things that are creating unhealthy ideals for their mind and are bringing things into their into the real realm that are destroying and creating yokes that only you can break, Father. Father, I pray that the yokes are broken. I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody that is listening right now. Father, heal them. Father, speak to them. Father, break every chain. Father, even if they don't come to the God right now, come to you right now. Father, I pray that this message stays in their mind, that they can understand the vulnerability that it takes to admit to a crowd of people that you are insecure, that I'm insecure, Father, that I wanted to be a bad boy, Father, for no reason other than to attract females that were going to be no good for me. And in Jesus' mighty name, I plead the blood over everybody that is listening under the sound of my voice. And I pray that every chain is broken. Amen. One of the last things I want to leave you guys with is that lies, when you tell lies, your tongue is so powerful. Anything that you say out of your mouth, you give life to breathe into your reality. So if you're telling lies, the enemy has a foothold in your life to bring destruction and to bring turmoil into your life because you're living false. But when you speak the truth of God, When you confess with your mouth your sins to God and tell him to remove that yearning to be accepted by the world. To be accepted by the world means enmity with God. That means a separation from God. So if you want to be accepted by the world, if you feel like you need to lie, if you feel that your insecurity is is worth losing a real connection with God, I pray, Father, that this message breaks you. 
and allows you to know that your narrative, who you are is enough for the people who really love you. Who you are is enough for the people who want to see you live your best life. And I thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I pray you come back next week. And in Jesus mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good week. Peace.